Hello, and welcome to the Mama Mentor Podcast. Today, as in every day, we're going to talk about everything life. So, hope everyone's doing good. We've been having an unnaturally large kind of heat wave. It's hotter than it usually is in springtime, but I can't complain because I got my garden in like a month early. So I haven't really planted anything major out at the farm yet. I have gotten my city garden all planted and it's doing amazing. I've got flowers blooming. I've got vegetables growing. I can even start eating the lettuce off of my lettuce plants. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six. I've got six romaine lettuce ones planted as well as a bunch of those, you know, like the purple and green ones that everyone loves to put on their salad and stuff like that. Um, but the romaine, I'm just going to kind of do the whole cut and come again. I don't know if you're actually supposed to do that, but I do it all the time where I just like, if I want a sandwich or I'm going to make a salad, I just run outside and I get as many leaves off that plant as I need. And I just take the outside ones. And honestly, it's never done any problems like it keeps growing and producing me lettuce um because i find that i like to have like like i said i have six romaine lettuces planted um and i don't know about you but if they're already at the same time and i cut them all off and i have six heads of romaine lettuce i'm just not eating that much salad in a week because i'm thinking that's about how much time it is before it goes bad but if you just take the leaves off you can just they're always just fresh and crisp um, what else is going on? Okay, so again, hot. Hot. Um, I am not the best at dealing with large temperature changes. And our spring kind of went from snowy and cold to and plugging your car in. For those of you who live in the States, we have block heaters on our car to plug our cars in when it's really cold to keep our cars from freezing. And we went from that to like literally needing to have your windows open so it didn't get too hot in your house, like in about 10 days. It was really crazy. Um, and we always, up here where I live, are we're not supposed to plant anything. Like you can put in like root vegetables, like potatoes and onions and stuff like that. And um, I think you can do kale and broccoli too. Um, but we don't tend to put in stuff before the the May long weekend. Um, so for us in Canada, that's Victoria Day. For reference for you people in the, in the States, it is the week before your Memorial Day. So we generally don't put anything in the ground before then, you know. And if you do, it's understood that you could just lose it all with a freak snowstorm or a freak frost or whatever. And a lot of people don't even put stuff like tomatoes and peppers out until June. So the fact that I have had my tomatoes, tomatoes, tomatoes <laughs> out for probably a good two or three weeks. So normally I would just be putting them out like this weekend. And they've literally been out for three weeks and doing great. And we haven't had, you know, we've all been nervous because, you know, like I said, this is not usual for us. So, you know, we're kind of slowly, we were kind of slowly putting stuff out over three weeks going, okay, I hope this doesn't die. I hope this doesn't get frozen or covered in a foot of snow. 
because that happens. Um, and it's been great. And it's been great and I've been really loving it. But it kind of makes you also feel like we have this irrational kind of feeling like we have to hurry up now because it feels like we're already a month into the season. And so we feel like if we're looking around our yards and our gardens and we don't have as much done as we had planned to, that we're behind. And we have to constantly tell ourselves we're early. We wouldn't even be starting stuff like really full on until now. So it's been really nice. I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm out at the farm today. Um, that's usually where I um, record my podcast because I have four beautiful, lovely, and I love them to death. Dogs at home. Little, little, they're about the size of like, I don't know, a lunchbox. But they're loud all the time. Like they're whining for attention or they're scratching at stuff or they're playing around or they, you know, bark if the wind changes. So I tend to record my podcasts out of the farm because it's quiet. And I'm usually 90% of the time I'm out here by myself. And so not only do I get peace and quiet from not four dogs barking and in my up in my grill, I, uh, I get some solitude peace of mind where I can actually form a cohesive thought so that I can record the podcast and it doesn't sound, you know, like you've overheard, you know, a 911 call or something like that where, you know, somebody's just losing their mind. Um, but yeah, gardening. I don't know if many of you garden, but I highly recommend it. Now, before you come after me and go, oh, well, you've got a house in the city and you got a, and you got a farm and you can do all the gardening. I didn't. This farmhouse acquisition into the family is like six months old. So slow your roll, people. Um, and my house in the city, I, to put into perspective how big my yard is in the city, I don't have one of those sprawling, like, YouTube gardens plots in the city my yard is probably i'm gonna do this in feet because i don't know that just it i can visualize that better so my backyard it's kind of it runs along the side of my house my yard and it's probably 20 feet by 70 feet so it's not a big space but I stuff it full of stuff and I always have and I've lived in that house for decades and over the years I've put like I have fruit trees in there and fruit shrubs and I have one two three four five six raised garden beds and one two three four fruit trees plus I have a grapevine I think I'm going to move that out to the farm though, because where I have it, I can't do all the great viney things that, because honestly, I didn't think it would grow. That's the thing is I am one of those people that, you know, come close to the end of the season and they start putting crap on sale at the garden centers. I'm like, whatever, it's $5. If it doesn't grow, who cares? It was fun to plant. So I honestly didn't think it would grow. I really hoped it would. 
but I didn't think it did. And so I didn't really plan for it to survive. So it's not ideally located, nor do I have the space to do the whole grapevine thing. So we're going to move it out to the farm. Um, but it grow. I couldn't believe it. I plucked it into the, plumped it into the ground at like, I think I put it in August, September, which where I live is, you know, like, mm, you can still do it. You really have to baby stuff though, because you really want it um, established before we start heading into the nastier months of the year. But I was so surprised when it came back the following spring and it has been coming back. Like this is, I think the third year and it grows bigger every year. And yes, I get grapes from it. They're purple grapes and I have actually eaten them. They've got a seed. So I'm pretty much thinking they're not, I suppose you could say, you know, I'm not, snooty i can eat a grape with a seed in it but i tend to buy grapes from the store like the rest of us that don't have seeds in them because you know that's a hassle to kind of pick that seed out every time what i'm thinking though is that they're wine grapes because they hang on the vine in clusters like you see wine grapes um it probably produces enough grapes that i could given industriousness make a bottle of wine um but that's because it's small still. But I'm thinking, given the proper space and trellising like that you're supposed to do for grapes, it will get bigger and produce more. It will also look amazing out at the farm because, come on, grapevines on rural property? Like, come on. You just need sunflowers and some, you know, violin music playing in the background or, you know, that music that you always associate with, you know, farm type things when you watch a movie or whatever so but yeah so I have lots of stuff in my city backyard and I love to put I have perennials I put annuals in I do pots so I think everyone should do some form of gardening and I'm not saying you have to go right from doing nothing to growing all your own food you know I do think it's nice emotionally and physically and good for your mental health to grow something. Um, you could grow lettuce. Like think of what you eat on a daily basis or what you'd like to eat. Like are you going, oh, you know, I really would like to eat salad more often. It's so easy to grow lettuce. It's easier to grow lettuce than it is to grow dandelions um, or mold. Like, it's so easy. And there's so many different kinds. And you can have, like, head lettuce. You can have butter crunch lettuce. You can do romaine. You can have that mescaline mix. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Where it's, like, it's got the green and the purple and all that. And you can make those. kind. You can do spinach. I grow spinach and the mescaline and the romaine. And I haven't found... I'm going to find at some point a good... Because I, I love butter head lettuce. I love it. And I want to grow some of it because it looks amazing. First of all, like it's so beautiful. It's like a lettuce flower. And it's so good to eat because it's tender. You can put it on a sandwich. I don't tend to put it in a salad. I need my I need my salad lettuce to have a little bit more structure and crunch. But for a wrap or a sandwich, butter crunch. But it's a butter crunch or butterhead. Butter something. Anyways, it looks like a lettuce flower. So that's what it looks like. But it's so good when you're making a sandwich or a wrap. Um, or you could even use it as a wrap. Like, you know, people are doing those lettuce wraps. It would be perfect for that because it has giant leaves and they are very flexible. 
so they would make a good wrap. But yeah, grow something. And if you're going, yeah, no, I prefer to just buy all my vegetables at the farmer's market or the grocery store or whatever, however you get them. Think about growing something else. I grow a lot of flowers because I love flowers. I love pink flowers to be exact. So I will grow white flowers and pink flowers, varying shades of pink flowers. I just like that. Um, because I like to cut them and make bouquets and put them in my room and in the bathroom and on the kitchen table and just like everywhere. And I like to see them growing outside because it adds color. And really, I know people are beating this issue to death, but I'm going to beat it to death as well. Pollinators. It is so important. If you like to eat and if you like to be alive, it might be nice to have some pollinators to help that process along. So flowers are so beautiful and they come in a million different varieties and colors and configurations. And it's so easy. Like a packet of flower seeds, like there's a million annual flower seeds. And they're like, the packages range from like, I don't know, $2 to like $5 if they're fancier. And you just literally get a pot, go to your local garden store or home improvement store and get a bag of organic, because that's who I am, so I'm going to promote that, organic potting soil. And um, put it in, put fill it up with the pot. I put organic slow-release fertilizer in too because I always tell myself every year, oh, I'll, I'll fertilize them once a week because flowers and vegetables need food. So like for vegetables, I like I top dress with compost and stuff like that and, and you know, all that kind of stuff. But for flowers, I always tell myself I'm going to like, oh, I'm going to weekly liquid fertilize these things with this really nice organic fertilizer, this fish fertilizer, and I don't. I do sometimes, but I don't do it all the time. So I find that at the beginning of the season, if I just mix in this slow release, it's, and it's granular, so it's like you just put a handful in the pot and stir it up in the soil and then put your plants in. And every time you water or it rains, they get a little bit of food and it makes a difference. They grow big um, because they like food, who knew? And they look so beautiful. So we get to enjoy them. It feeds the pollinators. And come on, guys. Have you ever seen a bumblebee working at a flower in the morning or any time of day? It is the cutest thing. And I'm afraid of everything that stings because I've literally never been stung in my entire life by anything. I do not know how I have managed to be as old as I am without getting stung, but I haven't. So it's kind of increased the fear. So I really don't want to get stung. But for some reason, bumblebees, they just don't bother me because they don't bother anyone. They just want to do their job. And unless you actually like grab them with your hand and try to crush them, they're fine. They're loud, like an airplane or a helicopter, like a military helicopter. But I think they, they're that loud because that's the only thing scary about them. And that's their way to warn off predators. Um, but they're so cute. 
and they pollinate things and we need them in our environment we need all the pollinators and so flowers are good so i grow stuff in pots i grow flowers in pots i grow vegetables in pots and then i have my raised beds and and i have some perennial flowers too that come back like i have peonies and iris what else do i have that comes back every oh i have uh salvia and i have hydrangea now i don't care who you are where are you from you can grow a hydrangea I didn't think I could until I watched Laura from Garden Answer and learned about proven winners. It's a, it's a line of hydrangeas. And this is very important. So if you live in, in cold climates like I do, like I live in a zone 3B or something like that. So perennial flowers, like we can grow like hostas and stuff like that, but and peonies because they kind of grow everywhere. And iris because again, everywhere. But to grow like something that's a big shrub with big bushy flowers, it's a little harder because of the zone that we're in. But if you get the hydrangea, and it has to be a panicle hydrangea, so there's different kinds of hydrangea. So there's hydrangea macrophylla, and there's hydrangea paniculata. That's the ones you want. You want the panicle or paniculata, it depends on what the label says. But it's that one. And they are so hardy because anything that might break off in the winter, it pretty much grows from the ground in the spring. So like, so you don't have to worry if you accidentally like crushed it or something in the winter or in the summer even. It will just keep coming back and, and, and then they flower with these big kind of snowball flowers that they change color. Like mine go... I think mine come out white and go pink or come out really dark pink and go white. Anyways, they change color, but they flower the whole season. Like once they start flowering, they flower till it freezes. And so they're amazing. But I'm really loving gardening season. I'm loving that it started early. I'm loving all of the new things that I see, you know, in the garden centers. And I watch two shows primarily that give me ideas they give me inspiration and they kind of give me the confidence to kind of step outside the box a little bit so it is garden answer with laura and aaron you will love them now i am going to tell you ahead of time they have a ginormous property they didn't always so maybe go back and watch the beginning and you can see their evolution but the idea is not to watch shows like this with the idea of replicating what you see. It is to watch and go, hey, she just put 12 hydrangeas in that area. What is that hydrangea? Because I need to buy two. And because she tells you the names of all of the all of the plants. So if she puts in this hydrangea, you're like, wow, that's amazing. I'd like two of those. She's gonna tell you what name it is, and then you can go to the store and you can pick up that and plant it. And I've literally done that with a bunch of stuff in my yard over the past several years. I have put in stuff that I didn't know existed or that I didn't know I could grow. You know, like the hydrangeas, for example. Like I now have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them in my yard. Because now I know I could grow them, but that was seven that I didn't know I could have. And so she's really good. But like I said, she's got a huge property and and they have help and she's the first one to say that they're blessed for being able to have this property, blessed for this to be their job, blessed to have the help they have. 
they're really great people, but their ideas are solid. And how she puts together groupings in pots or in flower beds, it really kind of makes you start thinking about, mm, what could I do in that little spot in my yard? Or what could I do in that pot? And it kind of gives you a little bit of confidence to, to branch out a little bit. For example, I have these two big round containers. I call them estate planters because she actually has estate planters that, you know, you would need a crane and to put them in the back of a picket truck. Mine and hers are concrete from a place called Unique Stone, which she gets all her stonework from. Um, and so they're very expensive and very heavy and very large. Mine are not so expensive not so large and they even though from the street they look like they're stone if you go up and touch them they're plastic and i got them off of facebook marketplace so i paid 20 bucks for the pair of them bonus but they're quite large like they are quite large and they do look like stone from the road like you have to actually go up and touch them before you realize they're not stone and uh so this year because for years i would put oh i'll put petunias and everything and you know maybe a couple different colors of petunias be really creative or you know maybe two different kind of flowers well this year I've put a what's it called oh a purple fountain grass as my big tall thing and then I have put three supertunia vista white petunias see from watching her I can name all the names now and then I also put this um it's Sweet Caroline Lime, Sweet Potato Vine. Anyways, it's chartreuse color and it grows. And these all grow big and huge. So the purple fountain grass will get tall. These the, the petunias and the sweet potato vine, they'll get big and bushy, but then they'll kind of spill out over the edge of the pot. And so that's something I never would have tried three or four years ago before I started watching this show. I would have stuck with my same petunias which wouldn't have given me any height you know I still love to do a good petunia um but now I know the difference between different ones like I know the difference between a regular petunia and a supertunia um I I can know the name of the specific color of the one I want um and go for it and now I've got this purple and white and chartreuse you know, combination that's going to look amazing. And I put it in the potting soil with the slow release fertilizer and I water it all the time and it flanks. I have an in-ground garden bed at the front of my house that also has like some perennial bushes in it too. And so it's just given me the courage and the creativity to kind of go, oh, I don't have to do the same thing all the time. And I change my color schemes every year. Sometimes I'll do all pinks. And last year I did all blues. So last year I did... In the same pots, I did a Play in the Blues Salvia. Look at me. Proven winners would be so proud that I watched Laura on Garden Answer and can now name off all their plants. I did Play in the Blues Salvia. And I ringed those with Supertunia Vista. What color is that? It's the bluey one. And it's one of Laura's favorites. Oh my gosh. If she listens to this podcast, she'll be so disappointed. Super Tunia Vista. No, it's not coming to me. Anyways, it's kind of a purpley blue. So um, 
it went really well. So that went really well. I kind of wish I'd put in a sweet potato vine last year because I think the blue and the green and my house is white. So it pops against my house with those colors. So yeah, I changed them up. So if you guys don't garden, garden. Because here's what else it does. It gets you out of the house. It gets you out of your routine. It gets you getting some fresh air. It gets you getting some exercise. You cannot believe how much joy you feel seeing seeds come up through the ground and have they grow into a plant or a flower and being able to like cut the flower or smell the flower or eat the food or whatever. It, there is just a joy in there. It is a connection with the dirt and the ground and it grounds you emotionally. It does for me anyway. And I find that for my mental health, it helps me when I do any amount of work outside. But I plan it too. I plan in my daily plan that I'm going to spend at least an hour outside puttering in the garden. And I call it puttering in the garden because then there's no expectations emotionally for me. I know I use that word emotionally a lot, but... There's a lot of stuff, you know, we got to, we base a lot of our stuff off our emotions, how stuff makes us feel. You know, we, the clothes we put on in the morning, that's an emotional decision. I don't care what anyone says. You can be like, well, I put on my power suit this morning. Yeah. And you put on your power suit this morning so that what you could feel powerful. You put on yoga pants and a sweatshirt so that you could what? Feel comfortable. So we do a lot of things emotionally. Um, but I find that if I say that I'm just puttering, then because I haven't given myself these tasks and these chores and all this, that it's just puttering in the backyard, you'd be surprised how much work I get done. I am weeding, I'm watering, I'm planting. As a matter of fact, before I came out to the farm, I picked up some stuff to bring out to the farm and then had to stop off at the city house on the way out of the farm because I had to unload because I should know better than this. I went to the garden center before I came out to the farm and... We don't have any like automatic watering things. I'd love to have one of those. That's always my dream. You know, the automatic watering things with the automatic system. Um, so I have to be very mindful at this point because I'm not out here on the daily. Um, you know, I'm out here only like every few days. So I don't want to put stuff like in although I think I'm going to put stuff in big pots anyways and just take my chances and do some sort of like watering thing. I'm going to rig something up. But anyways, the things I bought at the garden center, back to that, were stuff that is going to be planted in my yard because I can always squeeze something else in there. So I had to unload that. And so what I have there is I have alliums that I have to plant. What else did I plant? Bee balm. I got... A, I got alliums and there's five of them so if you don't know what alliums are they're these big they look like lollipops but like from Willy Wonka because the stem on them is a good three feet tall and then uh, and then depending on what kind and I'm hoping that they're this kind they have varying degrees of sizes of big purple globe flowers on the top and they look amazing and the pollinators love them and they just they're, they're very Willy Wonka, very Lorax kind of esque features. So I've got those to plant when I get back to the city and I've got bee balm. And what else did I buy? I bought one more thing. I thought I bought another thing. Anyway, 
so out here at the farm I'm planting seeds so you know tilling the back 40 and putting the seeds in because and we just decided that this year being the first year we were just going to put a bunch of seeds in we're just going to make rows with string line and the little stakes and we are going to plant the seeds and we are going to hope that mother nature blesses us with a um regular influx of appropriate amounts of rain so that this stuff grows because we don't want it to be so finicky that we're like in town worrying about the farm and what's growing and what may be drying out so what we're going to do this year is we're going to try different flowers different vegetables all starting from seed except for the potatoes but i guess they're seed potatoes and we're going to see what grows and enjoy the process and then for next year, then we're going to be like, okay, this crop grew well, this crop didn't grow well. And so we can kind of fine tune it a little bit. So, but back to my garden in the city and back to your garden. So no matter where you are, put something, you be surprised at how much you will enjoy. Like, and even if you're going, well, I don't even have a yard. I only have a balcony. I live in a condo. Okay. I also once upon a time lived in a condo and I had pots on the balcony. Um, get two fairly good sized pots. Um, I know here we have a store in Canada called Canadian Tire. Sorry, those of you that live in the United States that don't have Canadian Tire or across the world that don't have Canadian Tire. It's the best. They have these, I'm trying to think what size they are. I want to say that they're a five gallon. They might even be a 10 gallon pot. Anyways, for like, 10 bucks. It's black. It's plastic. So it's not like it's, you know, you're not going to be, you know, leaving this to your children in your old age. But if you get two of those or a similar size of pot from where you are and, you know, a couple bags of that pot of that organic potting soil and then put something in it, maybe start out with two of these, start out with these two of these containers, get the, get, get the biggest container this is my advice. Get the biggest container that you can afford that fits into your environment. So obviously, you know, if you can afford like a stock tank size container in your backyard, great. If you can afford that but live in a condo, yes, still maybe don't get that because it's got to go on the balcony. But think of the situation. Think of how much money you have and get the biggest container you can afford that is appropriate for your situation. Start out with two. And put some sort of vegetables and you, and you don't have to put one vegetable in one pot. You can put like a tomato in the middle, some basil, some lettuce. You can just fill it all up because it will be squished and, and full. And that's okay because it's temporary because you're not overwintering these vegetables. You're not overwintering what's going to go in the other pot either. So you don't have to be concerned with, oh, I'm putting them really close together and I'm not giving them enough room. Yes, you are. They're going to have enough room to grow for the time that they're going to be growing. So get three or four different vegetables. You can watch YouTubes. There, Laura has done ones on container gardening um, where she's put like a whole, like I think she put carrots and beans and corn all in a container. So, and she grew them and harvested off them. So yeah, it can be done. So watch her, you can look up container gardening just on YouTube and you'll come up with a bunch of videos so that it'll give you an idea of what to plant if you have absolutely no idea of what to plant. So put vegetables of some kind in one container. You do you, whatever you wanna eat or give away or whatever. And then in the other one, seriously, do yourself a favor 
and get like, I don't know, two or three different pa packages of different seeds. Now, get them for your growing season. So like, if you, because it's now like, what, June the 10th now, so July, August, September, so you have 90 days. So you have 90 days. So, because that means that from the time you put the seed in the dirt to the time you got some flour is going to be 90 days. And you're going to want to enjoy them before frost hits wherever you are. So try to get something that will, that, that maybe 65 days or 75 days or something like that, because then you'll be able to enjoy them and go and get, get that container ready. And you know, it's really fun if you want it to look really natural and like, that's just going to be great is take the seeds from those three packets and put them all together in like a jar or a cup or whatever. I would put them in a jar because then you can store them for next year because you're not going to use all of those seeds. But what you're doing is you're mixing them all together. And um, if you didn't know this, if you take off the screw top lid off your, I think it's Kraft, Parmesan cheese container that comes from the store and you screw that on a mason jar, it fits. Um, so when you're done with your Parmesan cheese, keep that lid and throw the container in the garbage or recycle it, recycle it because I think it can be recycled. Um, but keep that lid because what's really good to do is, so you have your mason jar with its like screw top lid. That's good for storing those seeds. But when you're going to plant the seeds, you put your Parmesan cheese shaker thing on top because you've mixed all your seeds now. And so now you're just going to shake those seeds. Um, try heavily, but not... Shake it like you're putting Parmesan cheese on a salad and you're watching your fat content. Don't shake it like uh, you're a 10 year old putting Parmesan on your spaghetti and your parents have left the room. That level. Because <laughs> you want it to be lots of seeds, but you don't want it to be like where you can't see dirt. Um, so shake them all onto your container, into the dirt on your container. And then take your hand and pat the seeds like so that they're making firm contact. You can even use um, like a like a smaller pot and just go around and push them down. And then lightly sprinkle like you're putting crumble on the top of whatever baking dish takes crumble. Uh, like like if you're making an apple crisp or something and you're doing that crumbly thing on the top, or you're making coffee cake and you're putting the crumble, crumble like some some more of your potting soil on top to cover all the seeds. And then you're going to gently water it and use a watering can that's got the rosette. The rosette is that thing on the end that makes it go sprinkly like a shower. Do that to water it and water it kind of every day. And you'll probably see stuff come up in a week. You'll probably see green start poking up through your dirt in a week. It's really important to moisten your potting soil before you fill these pots. I should have started out with that. So, so if you're like following along, going, oh my gosh, I've got, this, I've got the seeds in there and the soil in there and everything. And now she tells me it should be moist. Moisten your potting soil first. Not dripping wet. Like it should feel wet to your hand, but you shouldn't be able to pick it up, squeeze it together and have water running up the bottom. So just wet and fluffy. Um, and then fill it. And then, like I said, you know, put your seeds on, pat, like firm them down and then sprinkle some more on and then give it a water. And 
them somewhere warm and sunny to germinate everything, the vegetable, the vegetables, you can do seeds and bedding plants, or you can just do seeds or you can just do bedding plants. It depends on what you're putting in. If you want like instant wow, put it in the bedding plants. Um, but for the flowers, resist the urge to go and just get a bunch of petunias and stick them in there. Cause that's not what we're cultivating with this project. We're cultivating the joy you have in say in having dirt and having seeds and watching that whole process so that you go from dirt to flowers that are like a foot tall that you can cut and bring them into your house if you want to, or just enjoy them where they are. But try that. If you don't do any gardening or you don't know how to do any gardening, that's the best thing is one pot with edibles and another pot with flowers. And there's so many varieties of annual flowers. There's like asters and there's calendula and there's zinnias and they grow really easily and they grow quite fast. Like you can do zinnias from seed to cutting flowers, I think in 45 days. And because you're mixing your three packages of flowers together and then sprinkling them on, you're going to get different flowers growing up together so it's going to come up looking like a bouquet so even if you don't ever decide to cut any of them it's going to look like a bouquet in that pot which is the which is what we're going for and don't be afraid to cut them don't be afraid like obviously don't clear cut the middle or something weird like that like kind of cut different ones throughout because they'll keep growing and putting on more flowers and you'll keep getting flowers it's like that cut and come again lettuce it'll still keep coming and it's really, really enjoyable. And it's fun. You can do it with your kids. You can do it by yourself. You can do it with your grandparents. If you are a grandparent, you can do it. If you're one of those people like me who've been gardening for most of your life, try something new. So again, Maybe you're still taking those same two containers, but you are trying something new. Like I've never grown these alliums. And so I'm trying those. Do you know what else I've never grown? Eggplant. Don't know if I like eggplant. Don't know if I'll be eating this eggplant, but I'm growing an eggplant. Because it's fun to try something new. And oh, and this year I'm also trying to grow. I've grown from seed, like from bedding packs, like where you go to the garden center and there's like a six pack and they're already grown of calendula but I'm trying this year to grow my calendula from seed I'm seeing how that goes um I also bought a couple of fancier asters they're pink and roughly refer to my earlier comment about how I like all pink flowers and I'm trying to grow those they're a little more fancier so the seed packet was I think four dollars instead of 250 but I'm going to see how those go and I'm going to, oh, and I'm growing up and I'm trying for the nine millionth time to grow a pumpkin because I can't grow tulips for some reason. I've tried in every, I've tried them in pots. I've tried them in the ground. I've tried them in raised beds. They won't grow for me. I can kind of get a little sad looking like the leaf part, but no stem, no flower ever, ever, no matter what I do. I also can't grow zucchini. I know, like, people are like, I can grow zucchini on the concrete. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing wrong. There's probably something I'm doing wrong. I did manage to grow them once last year 
in a big pot. Hence my experiment this year with my pumpkin. Pause that thought, go back to the flowers. So whether you're a seasoned gardener or you're a beginning gardener, or you don't even know if you like garden, try that this two pot thing. So if you're an experienced gardener, pot of vegetables, pot of flowers of something you've never grown before. I don't even care if you're gonna eat it after. I probably won't eat the eggplant. I might, who knows. But try it because that feeling of trying something new and of growing something and of having that success is really great. And you're learning something and we should always learn something new every day or every year for gardening season. And if you're new, try this. I know it's going to be scary, but it's two pots of dirt. How bad could it go? Really? How bad could it go? Just water it. Water it every day till it comes up. And then water it every time it looks dry. And you'll be surprised at how well that works out. So... Now, the pumpkin. So, like I said, I, I've, because of my success with my zucchini in my pot last year, and these are giant pots, by the way, like they're probably, I want to say 18 inches, 24 inches across, and probably 24 to 30 inches tall. So they're big. So they can take like a plant like a zucchini that's going to need big roots and need big space and have all that sturdiness. So I thought, well, if I did a zucchini, I can do a pumpkin. So I went to the garden center and um, because I didn't think of this idea soon enough for my area to start said pumpkin, it probably would have been okay, but I'm looking for success here. So I got a, a bedding plant of a pumpkin. Now what I was looking for is sugar baby. Now sugar baby is a pumpkin that's probably a little bit smaller than your head. And you can use them to do, like, I don't know if you've seen those, like, chilies in a pumpkin. I make a dinner in a pumpkin recipe that's, I love it. And I I learned it from a friend of mine. Um, her name is Tara. And it is so yummy and so wonderful. And I literally make it every year because I love it. And I wanted to grow the pumpkins for this dinner. And they're smaller, like I said, smaller than your head. So I'm like, okay, look, let's start small. Let's, like, let's not try to, like, climb the Himalayas our first time on a hike. They didn't have any sugar babies at the garden center. So I got something called a Howden. Now, should I have read the tag? Probably. Do I recommend you reading the tag? Absolutely. Did I read the tag? No, no, I didn't. I looked at the picture because I was so excited to see this very healthy looking pumpkin bedding plant at the store. And it was like, I don't know, $3 or something like that. So I was like, perfect. Because in the picture, the relative size of the pumpkin to the pumpkin leaf made me think that it was the same or only slightly bigger than a sugar baby. So I got home and I planted it in this big pot and with the slow release fertilizer and I even put flower seeds around it because I thought, oh, that'll be cool, pumpkin and then flowers. And then I'm noticing it's been in the ground now for three weeks or in the pot for three weeks. And it's ginormous. Like the whole pot is full with leaves and the leaves are twice the size of my hand. And then I was watching Laura on Garden Answer. <laughs> she was talking about because she was planting her pumpkins and she has a longer growing season and automatic waters and all the good stuff. So she was planting her stuff by seed. But when she does plant stuff by seed, she does a very helpful thing. Whereas if she's ever grown it, she will flash up on the screen a picture of the finished product. 
So she's like, oh yeah, and I'm planting these houdens, which perked my ear because that's what this is. And she goes, remember what they looked like last year? And so she did kind of like a cutout in the video to her harvesting the howdens. And yeah, if they were any bigger, then Cinderella could have rolled that to the ball. Like they're huge. Like they're huge. Like they're probably, um, like, you know, the people when they carve the pumpkins and then they put the babies in the pumpkin, it's that size. Like they're going to be huge. So now I'm, so now I have this giant pumpkin growing and I'm going, oh my gosh, this is going to take over the whole front part of my backyard. And you know what? I'm all for it. It's growing great. I think I'm going to get pumpkins. And if I can only grow them in pots like this, I will definitely move those pots to a different location next year. But you know what? I'm going to grow the pumpkins in those pots. And you know what? Next year I'll be smart and I will get sugar baby seeds and I will start them from seed and I will put sugar babies in there so I can achieve my specific pumpkin goal. Anyways, I hope you guys will get out in your gardens, whether it's flowers or vegetables or some combination thereof. Maybe you have trees. But I really encourage you to try this two-pot experiment. It's not going to cost a lot of money, um, especially if you especially if you start like, okay, like, so if I went to Canadian Tire and I got these two pots, it would be like 10, 20, and then maybe like 15 bucks for the, the potting soil. So that's like 35 and then a bunch of seeds. So you could probably do this whole project for like 50 bucks for two pots. And that's going to give you flowers in one and vegetables in another. So I really encourage you to try it. And I would love if, okay, so if you want to follow me on Instagram, I am I always have weird names because this is the Mama Mentor podcast, but Mama Mentor podcast. But over on Instagram, I am at Seven Martians on Mars. I will do a podcast one of these days on how that name came about because it's an amazing story. And my son loves it because he was the one who came up with the name and the story is amazing. But if you want to follow me on at Seven Martians on Mars on Instagram, I would love, 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 love if you guys have Instagram and you do this two pot experiment, post your pictures on Instagram and tag me in it because I would love to see what you guys come up with because I'm really excited and I will keep posting about my pumpkin so that you can follow along with this pumpkin and I will show you the alliums when they come up and the bee bomb and I will show you the hydrangeas and all the things that we've talked about today so that as you, you can kind of get a sense of what I'm talking about and where and how I've really kind of shoved a whole bunch in a very small space. And it might inspire you to do that too. But really try the two, these two, this two-pot experiment and tag me in the posts on Instagram. I would love to see what you guys come up with because you know what? It's going to be two different pots. Even if 10 people that know each other do this two-pot experiment, that's going to be... That's going to be, each person is going to have two different pots than everyone else. I don't care if you guys grew up together. You're not, your pots aren't going to be the same. And it's going to be amazing and you're going to love it. And I'd love for you guys to document your progress and tag me in all the progress pictures because I'd really love it. And let's get some pollinators happy and let's get something growing that we can eat or give away to somebody else who will eat it. As always on the Mama Mentor Podcast, take what works for you, toss the rest. 
uh, life is too short to totally live by somebody else's rules and suggestions and you know it works for you but try something new I've been doing it for the past couple years just gleaning new ideas and sometimes the ideas are eh, I didn't like that most of the time really good and I'm really enjoying it so happy gardening I can't wait to see your pictures have a good rest of your weekend love you tons see you in the next one Bye-bye.